What is going on, everybody? And welcome into a Tuesday, April 12th recording of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. Um, we've been off for a little bit since March Madness. Uh, Steve Buchanan had our MLB preview with Robert Flores of MLB Network. Uh, but the NBA playoffs start. Uh, on the night of this recording, um, if you count the play-in round, the real thing gets underway on Saturday afternoon, um, April 16th, for the first round. So, uh, to preview the whole shebang, uh, play-in tournament, the postseason, futures, wherever we want to go, uh, bringing in James Alberino of Spread Investor, a friend of the podcast, you probably follow him on Twitter, at Spread Investor. James, how we doing, man? I'm good, man. This is a fun week with the plans and you got a bunch of games starting on saturday and sunday so as always thank you for having me on yeah of course um and i like the plan actually uh these last couple years it kind of adds a little bit more fun to the mix is it traditional um no you know if you're a seven or eight seed and don't get in that sucks for you um but it's i don't it kind of reminds me like the first four games of of the uh ncaa tournament to get a little bit of action beforehand um and let some of these lower seeded teams battle it out um so you know overall regular season wise it's it's kind of a completely different game i would say um for for sports betters for nba betters um I was very happy with my regular season, but a lot of those plays that I put out, if you're somebody that follows me, it's player props on injury news. It's first quarter, first half trends. And those things are just at so much load management. These things are just tough to carry into the postseason. You got to look at the board completely differently. Um, before we start on these playing games, any, any thoughts from you, James, just on like things you did in the regular season that you liked that you think you can carry into the postseason or things that you just want to wipe clean and say, I won a couple of bets on this in the regular season. I can't do it anymore in the postseason. Well, I think you're right in the sense that if you're very analytical with your approach in the regular season, it's very different going to the playoffs because coaches are then putting in a lot more detailed game plans, specifically on yeah. the defensive side with the opponent they're playing. It's a different scouting report, different time in the year. Um, teams are going to be playing certain starters more minutes they were at least willing to in the playoffs and, and more or less do or die situations sometimes and you, you know you have to look at more of the more of the predictive game flow based off of a little bit more script in the playoffs so I agree with you there completely um, in terms of me personally I bet a lot based off of matchups and situations so even though it's not the same for me regular season to the playoffs. And I love regular season handicapping because you have such a big sample to choose from. And the NBA, everyone talks about load management. It's because they play so many games and so many games consecutively in a short span. Yeah. So from a betting perspective, that's less time for the bookmakers to, to focus on those games. And um, you as the better do have an advantage, especially during NFL season. So I would just say from a mentality standpoint, the playoffs are a little bit harder, but in the first round and, and the early parts of the second round, there is a lot of opportunity because there's still a lot of overwhelming amount of games for the books at points. And, um, and the narratives aren't exactly accurate at this time of the year, right before the playoffs start. 
Yep. And I played a lot of volume during the regular season and, you know, we'll have some volume in the play in the first round. And so, and, but as things go on, you know, I'm, I've learned from the last couple of post seasons, not to give back too much from a great regular season and to uh, you know, I, something that I know you're on board with pick your spots and, you know, save your units, play the spots that you're confident in bigger um, and, and go that route. So I say goodbye to some of my favorite bets. Like, uh, you know, we cashed the last seven team total first quarter team totals against the Pacers cash the last seven in a row to end the season, things like that. I'm talking about that are, that are then going to poof disappear. And we got to actually handicap games now. So let's start doing that. Well, commend, Tuesday. go ahead for you to admit that. And, and to know that about yourself from a capping standpoint is a really, you know, tip of the cap because it really is playing to your strength. You don't, there's no rule that says you have to play the same amount of volume, same amount of risk every right. single month. If you're very good and you know that about yourself in the regular season and not as much, you know, it's not to say you're not going to make money in the playoffs. You could still have a very good playoffs. Well, I, but, right. I want to have but, a very good playoffs by having, you know, a three and one week versus a whatever it might have been before, a 12 and five week. And, and for the average person betting, to to take from that is you know, if you know hey these four or five months that's my big window then you, you risk more there and then you go a little bit slower for the other two months and i say it because i've i've been there um and like you you've seen me you've seen me be there like uh you know we were we were talking a lot when the nba came back in the bubble um and i struggled immediately i just put, I, I picked up where i was and started playing it again and things were different and it, mm -hmm. it didn't work right away so I say that from, you know, I've been putting out plays. I think this is four years on, on Twitter publicly. I say that because I've, I've been there and played too much volume in the postseason. Um, so let's tighten it up. Let's pick our spots. And like you said, great regular season, but let's have a great postseason, probably with less volume. Yes, sir. Um, so, all right. If you're listening to this, we'll start with the Tuesday night games for you because you probably want to get there and it's probably getting close to these these tip-offs for you uh, by the time this podcast is out and you're listening to it. So the early game, 7-8 in the East. I mean, you got the Cavs, who are a great story. They're so run down with injury now, going to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, I mean, I'm not too high on Brooklyn overall. The price that they are to win the East and win the, the title still gives us value on other teams because they still have to be overvalued, in my opinion. They don't play any defense. And even getting Ben Simmons back, if that actually happens, I'll believe it when I see it. You can't expect him to go a year without playing basketball and come back and just make you a good defensive team. Um, Seth Curry, ankle dinged up. He said, you know, ideally he would like some time, but they don't have that time. Um, so it's all going to come down to the heavy lifting of KD and Kyrie and stringing together stops. Um, I don't have a ton of takes on this game. I, I would be shocked if the Nets don't win. Um, you know, I'm here in Boston and people want to call into the radio shows and ask, could the Nets punt this game to avoid the Celtics and get Miami? They don't have time to play with their food like that um, yep. because they are just not good enough. So I, the way that the Cavs are going, great story. I don't think they can win this game. Nine and a half on DK Sportsbook as we record. That's a lot of points. If you're a Moneyline Parlay person, you need to bring something down a little bit. Like you got a minus 200. You want to bring it down to even money or something your Nets money line is sitting there, but otherwise like 
I'm working on my NBA best bets article. It'll be out by the time you listen. Like Nets first quarter team total is 30 and a half. They've scored 30 plus in seven of eight first quarters in a row. I think they should come out aggressive and score in this game. Um, they've covered the first half and four in a row at home, including an eight point halftime lead against Cleveland. I think the Nets on the first half, there's something to that. Um, but I don't know if I can get around to laying the nine and a half here. Your thoughts on Nets Cavs, James? I like the Cavs in this game at nine and a Do half. You? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people will be hesitant to play them because this line got more expensive. Um, th- there's a number of games that if you pick, especially games that are highlighted, that, that the public's going to be on a lot, both NBA and college, where you'll see the favorites do get more expensive as the day and as the week goes on. And that's not the right side. Um, just one example, because it's recently, I know it's college, but Gonzaga was laying eight and a half. They opened versus Arkansas. Yep. They closed at minus 10, 10 and a half, and Arkansas wins the game outright. So I think that's where you're going to trip people up. But in terms of this game, these two just played each other last week and yeah, the Nets pulled away and they won one eighteen one Oh seven. That was a game going into the fourth quarter and the Cavs won two quarters in that game. Close rematch typically does favor a team that just lost. They, yeah. They'll make more adjustments than the team that just won. Uh, and if you just look at both teams, look at the Nets down the stretch the last three, four weeks, they lost at home to the Hornets. They got blown out at home versus the Mavs. Okay, Mavs playing very well, but still blown out by 21. Um, like you said, Seth Curry, ankle injuries, playing through it. Patty Mills' splits since the All-Star break have been way down than they were prior to the All-Star break. And what a lot of people don't put stock into, and you're a hoops guy, so you understand this more. And a lot of people from Boston will understand this. because I think there are more basketball purists in Boston than in other parts of the country. Um Fitting guys, multiple guys into a rotation with six weeks left into the season is very, very difficult. And the Nets had to do that with Seth Curry, Andre Drummond. And now that Drogage is back and he's playing tonight, as great of a player as Drogage is off the bench, really good veteran, it's very difficult then. If you look Cam Thomas in certain games, who's a very good offensive player, the Nets haven't found him enough minutes because – they're, they're mixing guys in and in a one game, and they're mixing guys in and then they're, they're getting hurt and coming out too. And then remixing them in like Dragic has been out and now he's going to come back for a play. It's very difficult. It's very difficult for rhythm. And I think the Cavs injury situation is a little bit overblown because now they've had Mobley back for a couple of games last week when Mobley played versus the Nets, it was Mobley's first game back in over a week and a half. Now he's been in rhythm for a couple of games. Uh, this is a good roster, man. If you're the Cavs in that locker room, you got to be looking at the situation saying, okay, guys, we played pretty poor for our standards the last four or five weeks. But for 75% of the season, they were one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yep. And they're starting five. Even, I would have loved for Jared Allen to be playing this. If Jared Allen played and this was seven, seven and a half, I would have put a significant amount of money on, on the Cavs. But because it's nine and a half, even with just Evan Mobley, Laurie Markkinen's playing really well. He's averaging, I think, 21 or somewhere around 22 a game the last four games. Garland's going to have a big game. He can come close to what Kyrie puts out. And between Levert, Markkinen, Mobley, not no one's going to match KD. KD is going to go off. But between right. that – 
and where the Cavs can't have an advantage is on the bench with Kevin Love, Seti Osman, Rondo, believe it or not, just because of his experience and this being a pseudo, not a game seven. They haven't played each other six times prior. It's not two, it's not the two best teams, but in one game playoff where you're going to throw the kitchen sink of a game plan, I think that there's obviously less pressure on the Cavs. Right. In the end, I think this is a tight game. And you got enough guys on the Cavs that can hang with the Nets roster that isn't as polished as you'd expect for the narrative. So I have some Nets money line when it was more reasonably priced under 400. We're talking like 375 range Mm -hmm. to round out some parlays. So I need the Nets to win this game. Um, I'll probably run it back with some Cavs on, on the points because that is a large middle. Um, to say, hey, just keep this single digits. Um, Two-part question for you before we move on. It's not even two-part. It's just two separate questions. Number one, what chance do you give Cleveland to actually win this game? And number two, because the Cavs have the fallback of hosting a playoff game, a play-in game to get in, does it give you any concern playing the points and saying if it's, you know, if it's close but not winnable late, that they kind of say, all right, we got to get ready for this next game and sit anybody. I don't believe in that because the next game would be Friday. They have two days. Right, rest. Exactly. A lot it's of rest. not a cross country trip. It's not like they're, they're coming from Los Angeles. <laughs> the Lakers didn't make the playoffs or the plans. So <laughs> um, Clippers did. We'll yeah, talk about them next. <laughs> we have enough time. <laughs> we, got, we, need, we need some time for that. Uh, but the Cavs, I think, you know, you're not going to try to fall back and say, you know, let's, let's just, let's just limp into this game, this next game and and settle for the eight seed. This is a good basketball team, man. And um, all right. So good basketball team. What chance do they have to win? I would give them at least a 35% chance of winning this game. Okay. So better. So are you going to play any, what is it? We got Uh, plus three fifty on the off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, I can't calculate what the the probability odds are and uh, for what's the money line even? It's plus three plus three fifty on the Cavs. Plus three fifty, yeah, plus three fifty, which means the Nets are my over minus four hundred, which is giving them over an eighty percent chance of winning. No, Uh, the odds definitely fit. It's I I don't know if the Cavs are going to win. I expect KD to close this game out. KD or Kyrie, I I expect to just go off in the fourth quarter and pull away. But I think this will be a game and be competitive late third, early fourth. And the Nets are going to have to go on a little bit of a run at the end as opposed to just being easy for them. Yep. Um, And I'm with you. You mentioned Garland. One of the things I wrote up, not sure if I'll bet it, but it's in my article for today. Garland over 25 and a half points. It's a big number for a guy whose season average is 21 and change. Um, But he did just have the 31 in Brooklyn. The Nets are – Dreadful defensively overall. They've gotten worse against point guards since Kyrie has gotten back. Um, and Garland's got to be a scorer for them if they want to have a chance in this game. So just a spot to look at in the uh, in the player prop market. Um, the nightcap, 7-8 game out west. Clippers and Wolves. Um, Clippers, three-point dogs, plus 130 on the money line, total 230 and a half. Um this is an interesting game because the Clippers, you know, they add guys like Norm Powell and Robert Covington to fill those minutes with Kawhi and Paul George out. 
we'll see about Kawhi, but now Paul George is back and playing pretty well. And you get a ton of wing depth um, against this Minnesota team uh, on top of what you, what you already have, Um, you know, Towns has a pretty decent matchup uh, in in this one, but um, I think the Clippers have more advantages. And I think this is a huge game to get a young, to win and get a young Memphis team that hasn't, that had a great season, but hasn't proven anything yet versus lose. And I think the loser of this game is probably going to win that, that next game uh, given the competition, but have to go up against Phoenix, who is just a machine like at this point. Um, So your thoughts on, on Clippers Wolves playing for that seven seed. The Clippers are very dangerous. I've watched almost all of their games live the full 48 since Paul George came back, they're playing extremely well, shooting the ball well. And you're, you're, Exactly where my mindset is with this team getting better. Covington and Powell off the bench, not huge names, very, very good they're, players for their they're, role. They're guys that, you know, if you have one of those guys starting alongside Paul George, that's pretty good. And to have the depth of, of both of them is very good. No Luke Kennard, I will say. Luke Kennard ruled out for this game. It's official? Okay, because yep. I was monitoring that. I know the hamstring was an issue. Uh, I would have loved to see him play. I think that could yeah. – that impacts the bench is shooting a little bit, but they are deep where they have enough scores. Um, yeah, they, they've shot the ball so well since Paul George came back. Paul George didn't miss a beat. He's been hitting three to five three-pointers a game since he's come back. Um, Zubach is playing well. Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann. It's a very good defensive team. Covington Powell just give you ball stoppers. They can guard the number one or the number two on – the opponent opposing team and limit them. And you get both of those guys can hit three pointers. It's a very, very good fit. I thought that, how did did they get both of those guys in in that blood? So I couldn't believe that man. And, but but Portland wants to to stink, (laughs) but that's made this team so much better. Um, Hardenstein off the bench is very good for a big guy. Who's a no name in the NBA, so to speak. That being said, the Wolves are very good, and the Wolves have been very good at home down the stretch. My yeah. initial thought in this game was Clippers take them plus the points. And as yesterday went on, it felt like you're taking a multiple-choice test and you, you filled in B, but you're like, wait, wait, wait I, I think the answer is C, and you have to change it. I don't think I'm betting the Wolves, but I think they are the right side. If you look at what the Wolves have done in the last couple of weeks at home, they beat the Warriors. They beat uh, the Grizzlies, who we both love, 119, 114. Um, they, it was another really impressive win that they had at home. But they're really, really good offensively. And they could score 125 on almost anybody in the NBA. And I think the Clippers are a little bit better defensively and, and do have that edge. There's something about Minnesota at home. Um, I think you're going to get a ridiculous game out of Patrick Beverly going against the Clippers. He's a menace defensively. Right. The Wolves are really, really big. They're bigger than than the Clippers with guys like Nas Reed, um, Prince, and um, they have the nine ten man rotation. They're going to bring about four guys into this game that could give the the Clippers some trouble underneath. It's tough for me to pick, take a side confidently, but the Wolves, when they've won this year, 
it's typically been by pretty good margins. So if you, if you're going to, yeah, I, I think the wolves could cover this. All right. We're, di- we're differing on play-ins more than you thought we would, because I, I have some on the couch with me. Honestly, that was the game that I, when I said to you before that I think we're going to be on the right side there, I thought you would like the Cavs. I figured you would. Well, be I do. I do. If you said, if you said, here's a hundred bucks, you got to bet the spread on this game. I'm betting the Cavs plus nine and a half. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think Brooklyn loses it, which makes it harder to bet, but you just have a lot of outs. It's it's such a, it's such a, a large middle. If you are in position to close things out with Nets money line and want to take the points. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, but the sp- I mean the spread I-, I can't lay nine and a half with the Nets. I think the Nets get off to a good start, but the Cavs are gritty enough and Brooklyn is sloppy enough, especially on defense, that it should be a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, so I have some Clippers plus three and a half um, in that other game. You're right, the Wolves are a little scary. Um, they did just lose a meaningful home game to the Wizards recently, so they can slip up. Um, I just think the Clippers are, are a dangerous team. Um, like you said, and I, I think that they want to prove that early, not that Minnesota doesn't, I just think getting, getting Memphis. And again, I don't want to talk down on Memphis, but when you compare them to the Suns, you want to get Memphis. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, in, if we get the Clippers, I'm interested in that. Look, you, if, if you pick the Clippers and make arguments for them, Everything that you say about them is factual. They're a good team. They're, they're right. well coached. You I more. It they, sounds like you more so don't want to fade either team in that game. I don't want to fade either team. And, and I, I, I honestly do think, I think we're going to see a close game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the final score is a Wolves win by five. Um, I think Anthony Edwards is one of the few guys that can give Paul George a little bit of a tough time. And you're going to see a lot of that matchup. Um, the wing defenders, the length that the, the wolves have to throw at PG is something that other teams that the Clippers have faced recently, like the jazz, I thought, think have holes defensively. I think the wolves are going to give the Clippers a little bit different of a, of a problem. Um, one player, player prop, I will say in this game is a good play. It's juiced. So let's see where it ends up for the day. Zubach over seven and a half rebounds. DK was minus 155 before we got on air, but he's had double digit rebounds all four of the last four games. And they're not a big team. It's mostly him, Harnstein and, and Covington get, grabbing rebounds. So it's, it's a great bet if you don't mind laying a little juice or get a better price. I have a prop in this one that I kind of like too, and it is also a clipper over seven and a half rebounds, but it is Paul George at plus 115 over seven and a half rebounds. He, this one hit a lot in the postseason last year. If you remember, this was a popular one that got there a lot. Um, Tough to judge him recently. He's been back five games. He didn't get it the first three. He did get it the last two playing just 28 and 34 minutes. Um, averaged 8.4 against the Wolves in three games this year. Timberwolves are a bottom five team uh, keeping shooting guards, technically his position shooting guard, um, but we'll call him a bottom five team keeping wings off the glass this season. So I don't mind Zubac either, but I like Paul George maybe to grab some rebounds in this game. At least you're getting the price. You're getting plus money on it too. Um, it's probably It'll probably go over. 
here, here's where in the beginning where you said the difference between regular season and, and playoff handicapping, I would only be a little bit concerned. And again, I don't think it's the wrong side, but I'd be a little concerned because I think there's going to be more of a defensive game plan from Minnesota loading right. up on Paul George. My concern would be if the defense is so tight on him that is he in great position to even get maybe an offensive rebound? Is he going to be right. then more importantly, a little bit more worn down towards the, the fourth quarter where he might conserve some energy, say going for a rebound later in the game that might get him over yep. and conserve his energy to get a big bucket late in the game. These are the things you have to think about. It is a different game now. Um, all right. Wednesday play-ins Hornets, four and a half point dogs at the Hawks Spurs, five point dogs against the Pelicans. I don't have a ton of thoughts on these games. I don't like either of these two games too much. Um, my gut call is if you said you got to bet both games, I would lay the four and a half with Atlanta. I would take the five with San Antonio, but I don't know if I'll bet either game. Um, I don't, it, Atlanta laying the four and a half, maybe my favorite, but Charlotte's Charlotte's good enough to stay in that game. I, I really don't have many takes on these other two games. I don't have a big bet on either side in, in both these games. Um, my lean is with the Hornets, but I don't like going against okay. the, the Hawks in Atlanta. They've been very good since the All-Star break, and they're very good in Atlanta to begin with. Um, the Hawks have, have beaten Atlanta uh, – excuse me, the Hornets beat the Hawks uh, once, I believe twice actually this season. Granted, one of the times was early in the season when Atlanta wasn't playing that well, so I don't think that game means right. a ton. But why I would lean with the Hornets is they've played really well the last three games. Um they had a little bit softer of a schedule. They had the Bulls mixed in with the Magic and Wizards. But sometimes those games, when you're able to – when you're able to play a, a, a little bit weaker schedule after you struggled, but you do have the talent and you had a good season yeah. otherwise, Gets sometimes you, you get that rhythm. It. Sometimes just having that confidence and that rhythm back and seeing – even though it's against mediocre competition, just seeing the ball go through the hoop, you're going into this game with confidence at the least – and the Hornets have been better defensively the second half of the season. So I could see that being tight. Do I think that's a game that you bet and, and have comfortable margin? By no means, um, no. Um, the, the Spurs and Pelicans game initially looked like the Spurs were the side. Uh, I, I would lean Pelicans, but I'm not, I'm not laying the five with them. It would be Spurs or pass for me. Yeah. Um, you know, the Spurs were 27 and 44 and then the Lakers started losing a bunch of games and the Spurs actually had a Spurs, chance. This thing. The, Pel the Pelicans were buyers at the deadline. They had CJ McCollum, a huge ad and the Spurs sell off Derek white. Um, <laughs> this is, this is buyers hosting sellers the, here in a playoff. That's what's the funny thing, man, is that the Spurs, the last three games played not to win. Popovich. Won right. The they didn't even play Murray until the last game. They they sat those they sat their their two top two three guys and they wanted to see Josh Primo have have more run they wanted to see the other young guys get get run off the bench so this is a weird weird game and to me I feel like the Pelicans were playing more playoff type games the last week week and a half of the season than the Spurs were and I would give them a little bit of an edge. And I feel like this might be – the tickets are all on the Spurs. I was shocked to see – and now it depends on which book and where you're looking, what source. But 84% of the tickets I saw this morning were on the Spurs. 
but less cash on the Spurs, significant less cash. Yeah. All that. I don't like going off of that as much as just a supplement to what I look at. You know, you know how I feel on that, but yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm with you on that. You can't, some people just bet based off splits. I can't do that. That's, I mean, you know, it's, you're just betting a ton of volume. And if you talk about over a thousand game sample size, you could profit off of that, but picking spots and betting a little bit more on certain games. I don't, I don't think that's a, a feasible approach. Um, I, I would lean Pelicans actually. Um, I'm, yeah, talking it's, a myself, Pelicans, it's a much bigger game for the Pelicans who like load it up and the Spurs, like you said, like, do they care? They're going to try. They're here. But it's it's just weird that they sat Murray the last three games, man. Like I know. the fact that they the fact that they weren't in the playoff picture and trying three weeks ago, then they get the, the 10 seed and Popovich says, all right, let's get the youth injection. If you're Popovich, think about it from this guy's standpoint. Guy's a legend. Guy's won multiple championships. They've had a great, great couple of drafts the last couple of years you're you know you're not doing anything these playoffs you actually low-key want to have a longer offseason and be done with this you have no chance of beating the suns less than 10 percent chance of, of beating the suns why not get your offseason yeah. started why not get your young draft picks josh why not you get them in a in a playoff atmosphere right now that's in my opinion i think that's how popovich is going to look at this game hey we could make the playoffs as a six seed next year and have a chance of winning a playoff series why not play some of my guys a little bit less at the top of the order top of the lineup i should say and and give the the younger guys some more runs so that might be the storyline that no one's really talking about yeah it's a it's a weird game and the more like the spurs aren't if they win this game in new orleans like they're not gonna beat the minnesota uh la loser um so i don't know this game it's it's making my head spin the minus if let's put it this way if this was minus three we would be saying yeah let's take the pelicans so the fact the question really comes down to is is two points enough to to balk at this and not play it or can the pelicans and let's look at their win margins lately do they typically win games by more than five Right. Um, all right. Weird game. Nets Pelicans money line parlay minus one twenty five on DK Sportsbook. I'm not giving it out. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't even need your reaction if you don't want to react to it. Just throwing it out there. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the plus money with the Cavs. Cavs, <laughs> right? I don't. I gotta figure out what I'm doing with that. Game. How much hedging I need to do on that game tonight? But that is not for this audience. Um, all right. The real stuff, the real series and game ones that we have on the board. Um, let's start. We were because we were texting about this one when Dallas was minus three in game one hosting Utah. Who knows what's going to happen with Luka Doncic, but the spread would indicate that he is not playing because it has moved seven and a half points to Dallas plus four and a half. Um, if Doncic is ruled in for game one, yeah, I'm going to get to this as quickly as possible and play Dallas at ridiculous value. I'm not huge on either of these two teams. Dallas has been playing much better down the stretch. Utah has had a lot of issues. Donovan Mitchell not happy with his team, seemingly. Um, I'm not a big Jazz guy. I like the Mavericks a little bit better. But if Luka's not healthy, then I like nobody. Um, I think you have more opinions on this game and series than I do. 
Um, but my takeaway is just as soon as Luka Doncic is potentially ruled in, hitting Dallas in game one at the best number that I can get. Well, this open Dallas minus three. It's Jazz plus three. Uh, jazz minus three and a half now. So it swung six and a half points. DK, DK has this at four and a half as we're recording. Oh, man. Plus 155 money line on Dallas. It's a seven and a half point swing on That's, the Luka news. Yeah. Now, 20 minutes before we got on air, the medical update on Luka was that there was no grade given. What's happened and released in between now and then? I'm polite enough where I haven't checked my phone in the half hour we've been on air and talking to you, Julian. I don't, so, I'm not polite. I check in Boston. Uh, I check my phone constantly during these uh, during these podcasts, but we have nothing on Luca other than that last update that you gave. Okay, well, um, the less significant takeaway is that if we do go to dinner, I won't have my phone and be that guy. <laughs> but I won't Great. judge you for doing so. I, I understand. Um, what the takeaway from that medical update was that there was no grade one or two ankle sprain given a calf strain given calf, yep which which means that there is a possibility it's less severe than believed to be luca and jalen brunson after the game also left clues that it might not be as severe as feared um but if you're the Mavs and you don't have to release this till Saturday, um, you're right. not going to give give full details. Why would you force the, the Jazz to plan for both game plans? Now, in terms of the line and betting this, if you're betting just based off of news, you did a great job. You have CLV if you got the Jazz plus three and it moved and now seven and a half. You have a great, great ticket. That being said, that doesn't mean it's a winning ticket. It means it's a very good bet. Doesn't mean it's a winning ticket because two things. How many times have we seen an injured star go down and a roster rises up and also it's a challenge for the other team in terms of game plan, like we just said? You know, you know how many times I bet against the Sixers when Embiid's ruled out and get the number and the Sixers and game versus the Grizzlies. <laughs> a game versus the Grizzlies in February. I know you I know you bet that game. Yep. Um but with this too. Seven, the line is pretty much at its peak. I don't know how much it might go to five if Lucas definitely ruled out, but right. How much more is it going to move? It's almost, it's almost rarely see a player. You rarely see a player worth more than seven, seven and a half points. Um, so with that, you're getting a good number now on the Mavs at home. The Mavs are a very good defensive team. The Jazz have blown double digit leads. So many times this season, the second half, what I think the best way to play this game truthfully is to play it in game. Yeah. Wait for the jazz to get a lead potentially I mean, they should at some point and you get the Mavs at a better number. I think this can be close because Jalen Brunson will score a lot. Spencer Dinwiddie has been good for them. The Mavs have been better without Kristaps Porzingis. Spencer Dinwiddie has been playing well. Yes. Um, just the whole is better than the sum of their parts for this team. Well, well coached defensive team, the jazz there's, there's been red flags with them all year. So um, just from a line standpoint, I, I kind of want to grab money, a little bit of Mavs plus four and a half, maybe five. I think, I think you can't definitively say this. I think we're going to see Luca play this game. I do. I do too. If I had um, to, if I had to say, is he going to play or not? I would lean towards playing. Yep, I'm with you. And there was a game 
I, I want to say it's earlier this season and I can't figure out when it was, but there was a game that Luca hurt his ankle and he, we didn't, he was questionable. We didn't think he was going to play. It seemed like, or at least the line indicated he wouldn't. And he played and he played very well. And the Mavericks won and covered. And I can't remember the game. Was it Knicks? There was a game this season that Doncic rolled his ankle pretty good previously and played not, through it. Played the well. Knicks aren't exactly a good barometer. To no, they're not. But uh, that might not yeah. be the game because I can't remember it. So if, who knows? Randall was sitting out of that game. There's really not a good <laughs> reason to talk about it. Um, any see any series play on this one because you can well if Luca plays game one just like gate the game one line the line the plus one forty five or whatever it is on Dallas for the series is then going to move just like the game one's going to. I think the Raptors do win the series versus the Seventy Sixers. Okay, hold on. Um, we'll get the we'll get to series, but we'll get to that. Just any any Utah Dallas series play, I guess. Utah Dallas. Yeah, um, I wouldn't play the series. Okay, that's all. But I, I do think Jazz plus one fit. Jazz plus one. Uh, excuse me, Mavs plus one fifty or plus one forty. They're around right now. Mm-hmm. It, it, a good number to grab because I don't know how much higher it'll get, especially with Luke if he's ruled in. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the games we have on the board now, and then we can quickly touch on the play in ones. I know we're, we're running a little long, so we'll, we'll run through rapid fire. Um, Toronto Philly. I know you have an opinion here. I share your opinion. Um, Toronto plus four and a half on DK Sportsbook game one plus one sixty money line. Totals 217 um, series-wise. We currently have Toronto plus 150. That one's come down a little bit um, on the series. And you can also bet series spreads on DK Sportsbook. Toronto, oh, this one moved a lot. Uh, Toronto plus the game and a half is all the way up to one, minus 165 now. So that's a little juicy. Might as well just play them for the series. Um Tell me why you like the Raptors for the series, and uh, do you like them in in Game One? Very good defensive team, good rotation. Uh, I've given the Sixers problems all season. Sixers mm-hmm. bench has flaws. Raptors bench is good. They have size. Uh, Sixers struggle to stop Siakam, um, and Thibault's not going to play in, in Toronto. Minimum two games. Right. Um, I haven't put money on Raptors game one yet. I think it is the right side, a tight game. However, Sixers are going to – Sixers know they have to go and, and and step on the gas for game one because if they trail in this series and have to play two of the next three games without Thibel, they're really, really facing an uphill battle down 1-0. Uh, so I'm probably going to play the Raptors game one with the mentality that if I don't – if they don't cover – I'm coming right back and putting more money on them game two. The Raptors should cover at least one of these two games in Philly. And in Toronto, same deal. They're, they're going to be a really, really tough out for, for those two games. Um, two good series ways to play this because I don't necessarily love playing plus 150. Raptors in six is plus 500. Raptors in seven is plus 600. On DK, I believe. Either way, they're they're both really, really good value. Um, it's not going to be four one. The Sixers don't have that many problems. They would have to have a catastrophic collapse. They're good enough to go six games. I th- but those are two really, really good tickets, in my opinion. 
Yep. Raptors 4-2 plus 500. Raptors 4-3 plus 600 on DK. So you got your money right there um, if Toronto can get this one done. And it's hard to imagine they would do it in four or five. So deeper series makes sense. Um, By the way, producer Samir chiming in while you were talking. Um, I believe it was Luca sprained ankle against Golden State in January. Came back the next game, had a triple-double hosting the Bulls and won. Um, I believe that was a game. At the time, the Bulls were playing much better that I had the Bulls and uh, Luca got me. So he's played through pain. We'll put it that way. Um, Multiple times. Yes. All right. Um, the Saturday night game is the, the last one for Saturday we have on the board. Denver and Golden State. Um, this series intrigues me a little bit. We haven't seen the Warriors uh, at full strength or close to full strength in a while. They've had pieces just all over the place this year. Um, can they put it together? If there's a team that I think they can put it together against, Denver is the team that I've been looking to fade in the first round because they are all Jokic and nothing else. I've been watching them. Um, I covered one of their games uh, for NBA bet stream with uh, Matt Moore and our own Shirag Hira. Uh, it was the Friday night Minnesota game that Minnesota went into Denver, huge game in the division or and in the conference at the time. Uh, and Minnesota beat them pretty good. Jokic went bonkers though. It, they're just all Jokic and everybody else is kind of run down from this season for having to fill in for Jamal Murray for um, Michael Porter jr. And there's just, they don't have the pieces. So does Golden State have a great guy to cover Jokic? No, nobody does. Um, he'll get his, but I just think everything else the Warriors have is is too much. Um, I haven't put anything on game one. I did take Golden State minus a game and a half in the series at even money. So Golden State to get this done in without a game seven, essentially, in four, five, or six games, I think the Warriors will advance even in their, what do, what do we want to call it, fragile state um i think they'll be able to turn it up what say you on denver golden state uh i think the warriors are the right side in game one and i I think they finish this in six games because as up and down as they were the last two months of the season clay thompson the last week and a half is shooting the ball yeah way better than he looks good he looks really really good and this is the the best he's shot since he's come back from the injury and that, that was a big thing. You know, he hasn't, hasn't played in almost two years, comes back. You're fitting him in with a new rotation, a lot of new pieces in that rotation from two years ago. Um, game plan's got to be to limit guys like Aaron Gordon and Will Barton. Um, excuse me. You're good. Uh, <laughs> there comes the phone. <laughs> probably, yeah, there you go. Is, is, <laughs> yeah, at then I'll just turn it off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I think that the Warriors, just think about it from the standpoint of this is going to be a really, really emotional game at Oracle. The first playoff game for Clay Thompson, the crowd is going to be nuts there. And even if Jokic just has a good game, I I think the Warriors are – Jordan Poole's playing and shooting incredible. Draymond Green's had time to get back in rhythm. The Warriors are definitely starting to trend a lot more upwards than they were. Um, And and you're looking for another money line piece? This is the one. Okay, there you go. So there's your money line piece for game one. Um, I assume you like it at the – it was four and a half. Do you like it at the five? 
I do. Yeah. I could see the Warriors winning this game by three possessions, about seven to nine. I don't, I just, I'm really down on the Nuggets outside of Jokic. And I have my Jokic MVP ticket that is looking, you know, better and better by the day. Like, love him, but just looking at the pieces around him, it's like the games, if Denver wins a game or two in this series, I'm leaning towards like 4-1 Warriors, honestly. But the game or two that they get in this series, it's going to take like the 40-15-15 and 15 type of stuff from him in those games that they win. I think you're right. And putting Looney and uh, Looney's great. And like Draymond is even Kaminga just, you know, he doesn't have the, 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 the height. There'll yeah. be a little difference, but um, if you get another physical body and just someone who could disrupt him while he's, he's pa- looking to make passes at the, at the top of the key. Jokic gets frustrated too. Um, he can lose his cool. <laughs> and the Nuggets, when they play well, their ceiling is pretty high, but they, there's just not consistency from them. And the Warriors are starting to build better habits since Green's been back. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a Warrior series in play. Yep. Um, okay. The Sunday game that we do have on the board so far, Bucks have grown to 10-point favorites over the struggling Bulls. Um, I don't know anybody that likes the Bulls in the game. I don't know anybody that likes the Bulls in the series. Um when we were texting about setting this podcast up, I sent you a screenshot of Bucks minus two and a half games at even money on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so Bucks to win in four or five. By the end of the day, that was at minus one ninety five. Um, that was a nice gift uh, from uh, <laughs> from my my colleagues. Hopefully, some of you listeners got it um, because it was mispriced and it moved. Um, what I have done, I got a little bit of that at minus 120. And then I was able to get some more down basically on just bucks and four and bucks and five in what averaged out to around a minus 165 line um, by playing the two. So I have nothing on game one. Um, the money line's over 500. I can't imagine that you want to use that for anything, but that's what it is. Um, the the Bucks are going to win this in, in four or five. And that's where I'm just leaving my money. Well, yeah. And, but the, the price to take advantage of, unless it moves a lot more after this, but the, the Bucks four Oh is plus two fifty as of an hour ago. Yep. It's still there. One was about plus one eighty plus one eighty five. Um, the books, the, the bulls aren't taking this to six unless two players on the Bucks get injured. And, and not just two players, two stars. It would mean the Bucks, in order for this series to probably go to six, it would take Giannis, a combination of these two, Giannis, Middleton, and probably one, two of the three, Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis, two of those three. If only one of those three gets hurt in this series, then – they're winning this series in five. The Bulls are just – the Bulls are banged up. The Bulls have no momentum. The Bulls have been getting blown out. Um, Zach Levine's not the same. If they're healthy, it's a completely different series, and it goes six. This is this is, this is a mismatch. And I think the play in game one to look at is Bucks first half minus five and a half. Yep. Game one's home teams usually, if they're elite, they and start the, out. It's a ton of energy. And the Bulls, by the way, a very slow starting team. Um, they were a team to fade the last half of the season on the first quarter and first half spreads. 
Yes. The only thing I don't love is that the Bucks are going to be coming into this game with eight days rest because of the play-in tournament and a longer layoff between actual end of regular season and playoff start. So yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet it for a ton of money. But the Bucks are the type of team that even if it is tied at the end of the first quarter, they could go on such a, a run in the second quarter and five and a half for them in 24 minutes is not a lot. And one of the interesting things about this series with it being, you know, local um, is the no travel, really. You just kind of take a you're taking a bus the whole series. That's why the Bucks wanted to lose that game on Sunday and drop down and get the Bulls and have this cushy period where they're not traveling outside of the bus rides for, you know, over a couple weeks. I know we've gone long on this podcast, but one quick note and what's funny is if you're the Bucks, how you can't blame them at all for 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 punting on that game on Sunday. And I, people are gonna say, "Oh, they're, they're they're dodging the Nets." They don't care if they play the Nets. They beat the Nets last. Okay, it was without Kyrie, but they just beat them last week. You would much rather, as a coach, know your opponent and be able to prepare for that opponent for eight games as opposed to waiting till the end of Friday night when the play-in tournament's done and saying, "Okay, on." 30 hours of prep. Now I have to go and scramble and play this team that has momentum and has not been resting for nine days. So um, all that being said, what I think at the end of it, the Bucs are going to be more fueled by this because people say, oh, you're dodging the nets and the Bucs are going to want to come out and and make people look a little silly. I'm with you. Um, All right. Just closing thoughts, I guess, because we've, we've given a lot here Um, on any of the potential series, like, uh, I honestly think so. I'm expecting the Nets to to win the play-in game um, and get Boston. The way that futures are priced to come out of the Eastern Conference, it would indicate that the Celtics will be series underdogs um, against Brooklyn. I will take the Celtics there at any kind of plus money. Um, even without Rob Williams, they still do what they do. They still play defense, and Brooklyn does not. And Tatum's getting closer and closer. He's not Durant, but he's getting closer and closer to a Durant-caliber player. Um, so Celtics series line against the Nets is something I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, and then whoever the Clippers get, maybe a series, maybe it has to be a series spread plus some games or something. Um, those are the two things I'm looking at potential first rounds coming out of the play-ins. Anything sticking out to you? If the Celtics, if and when they're plus money versus the Nets, I'm with you. I'm all over that. I'm putting a lot of money on big, that. Yeah, that's probably a big I'm one. A lot of money. I'm putting a lot of money on game one uh, with, with the caveat being that they're going to have a little bit of a layoff. Um, but yep. the Celtics, I love. I would love them in that series. Um, their bench, rotation, defense better than the Nets. And um, – I'm trying not to be a. I'm trying not to be a homer with that it's, one. It's either. not. It, it's I'm a not. season ticket holder, so I like to like run it by people. Grew up a fan, but I, I think that the way they're no, playing, no, no. that's a gift that line because Look, Brooklyn's been overpriced all every all every every playoffs. There's a narrative, and that narrative more times than not historically isn't accurate. Right. Not all the time. But more times than not, it's not accurate. Last year it was the Lakers. There's no way they're going to beat the Sun, uh, lose to the Suns. There's no way the Lakers and AD. Okay, they got nicked up, but they still lost in 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 dominant fashion by the Suns. It's not the same narrative because the Nets are better than the Lakers were last year. But it's the oh, there's no way the Nets. You're expecting them to go to the finals or at least make the conference finals. I think the Celtics would beat them in the series. 
Um, any other potential look-aheads? Man, if the Clippers play the Suns, Clippers are probably going to be getting over a, tu- over a touchdown on the road. Wow. They'll, they'll be getting eight and a half, nine. And as much as I love the Suns, they'll probably be one game. It might be game one because of the layoff, but that would be great if you get the Clippers at, at plus nine in game one. It's a good bet. What would you think of uh, a plus two and a half series spread? Can they win two games? I think they would win one and probably have one or two really close games. That the okay, Suns so better to better to go game by game and take points. Yeah, because I I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest taking too much money away from when they ha- get a lot of points on the road to right. shift it to a series bet. Yep, they'll probably get one in, in L.A. as small dogs or yep. close to pick them. Um. All right, last questions then, I guess. How do, how does this uh, how does this shake out? Is there any series in particular that you're looking forward to, and who do you think goes to the finals? Um, I don't see anybody beating Phoenix. I have some Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I have some Suns at not even a great price, like plus one fifty to win the West, and I'll deal with it when I have to deal with it. But it just got to the point where it looked pretty clear that they're at least going to be in that conference final. Um, and the East is good, man. The East is is really good. We might get that Bucks Celtics second round series that the Bucks did give away home court advantage for. That's what they did do with that loss to to get Chicago. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting series. And I think uh, you know the Heat have a really nice path in that one seat. I guess um, the East is going to be interesting. I have Celtics and Heat tickets in the East. And a Phoenix ticket in the West. I think those are the two. I think I think the Celtics, the Heat, well, the both of the values completely shot on them the last two months. Right. The best ticket now where the where the current numbers stand is the Raptors. They're around plus 2,500 to win the East. We give them a better than 50-55% chance of beating the Sixers in this series. I think we're going to see the Heat and the Raptors in the second round, which would be incredible basketball. The narrative Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry going back to Toronto. Yeah. They just had a really, really good game with them last week. This would be a really competitive series. It would be really good from a betting standpoint to bet the dog on the road, no matter who's on the road in that series. And if the Heat, I think the Heat have moved on from their Jimmy Butler episode a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I think you know Dwayne Wade also had a had a flare of tempers with with Spolstra, and they went on to win the chip that year. Yeah, so it just means you know a lot of people from the outside when they see in sports emotions and tempers flare up and 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 yeah, some teams it is a red flag, but when some teams are in first place and they they do move on from it, you kind of then got to look at it in retrospect and say all right, they're really trying. Like these guys have a really, when you're that competitive, it gets intense. You got a lot on the line. So I wouldn't jump to conclusions. I think the Heat are in trouble. But why I think the Raptors are a good ticket is because if the Heat's problems do flare up over the next two weeks, the Raptors are in a good position to win that that series then. And it would then be Raptors versus what I think will be the winner of the Bucks and Celtics, which, yes, the home court advantage in game seven potentially – gives the Celtics an edge. Celtics would get Robert Williams back at the end of that. 
Well, I mean, that's when uh, you that's when you hedge it with, uh, you know, oh, you, because so. the series price would be plus three or plus three fifty. And he, that's the best. Tick. Even if they don't make it past the Sixers, I will still stand by me saying right now, the Raptors around plus twenty five hundred to win the East right now is currently the best ticket to win the East right now. All right, hot take. Um, I like it. It's an interesting. Oh, no, it's plus twenty five hundred. That's not that hot, man. If they're plus a thousand, that's a hot take. <laughs> that's yeah. All right. Well, let me see what. Let me look at. Uh, You're talking value now, real quick. Let's see. Team futures. Um, Toronto Raptors plus three thousand. Oh. Eastern Conference. Come on, hundred bucks. If you can win three grand on that, even if you could get this to even the second round, you got to be happy with that, man. Yeah. All right. Well, the Raptors. The Raptors seem to be the uh, the dog that we like in in these uh, series. But that is plenty of NBA talk for you guys. Plenty of NBA plays to pretty much get you from Tuesday through the weekend um, and further. If you're betting some of those series lines, um, Golden State. If you get anything down on Milwaukee um and sweat some of these series out so that is the nba playoff preview from unreasonable odds we'll be back throughout the nba playoffs and give you a little bit more um i'm julian edlow you can follow me on twitter at julian edlow you can follow the podcast on twitter at unreasonable odd yes we ran out of room for the s but you'll still be able to find us um for our guest james alberino find all his work at spread investor follow him on twitter at spread investor um Always dialed in for for basketball. Always dialed in for NBA, um, and of course the NBA playoffs. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely, man. This was fun, and uh, have a good playoffs. Yeah, you too. We will we will be in touch, and I'm sure on on plenty of the same things. And uh, let's keep it rolling. Um, this is normally the point where I say we'll we'll be back next week, but we're on kind of like a you know week to week decide if we need a podcast basis, but. I would imagine that we would be back next week with um, some form, probably a combination with uh, my co-host Steve Buchanan. Get some NBA and MLB together for you. That is a podcast. Good luck. Make some money on NBA, people. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.